Okay, friends, turn with me to 1 John, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Again, that's 1 John, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, and I'll be reading from the ESV translation. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother or sister in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Now the story is told of a small country church, and a long-time pastor climbed into the pulpit one Sunday morning, and he preached a sermon. It wasn't a particularly spectacular sermon, but the message was clear. Love one another. Well, the next Sunday came around, and that same pastor in the same church climbed into the same pulpit, and he began to preach. And the congregation quickly realized that the sermon didn't just sound vaguely familiar to the previous week's sermon. It was the previous week's sermon, with the exact same message, love one another. And chalking it up to forgetfulness or maybe senility, the congregation graciously thanked their pastor at the end of the service, and they returned home. However, the third week... That same pastor in the same church climbed into the same pulpit and began to preach the same sermon with the same message, love one another. Well, the congregation could no longer remain silent, so after the service, once the few visitors had left, the majority of the congregation gathered around their pastor in the back of the sanctuary, and they said, Pastor, we don't know if you know, but the last three weeks you have preached the exact same sermon. And the pastor looked into the eyes of his parishioners, and he said, I'm aware of that. And through their shock, someone managed to ask, but why? And the pastor replied with a question of his own. He said, so what has been the message of the sermon? Love one another. And the pastor looked at his congregation with the gaze of a tender shepherd, and he said, once you start doing that, we can move on to another topic. Love one another. Now, some of you right now are looking at me wondering if I've gone senile, because for many, this story sounds really familiar. In fact, some of you remember that just over a year ago, on May the 5th of 2019, I began a sermon with this exact same story. In fact, a few months before that sermon, on March 10th of 2019, I preached a sermon based on the very same passage that we're going to study today, 1 John 3, 16 through 18. And the title of that sermon was the same theme that we're going to explore today. Love one another. Love one another. Because once we all start doing that, we can move on to another topic. You see, in this time of regathering expectations, regathering tensions, regathering disagreements, regathering disappointments, regathering frustrations, Chestnut Street family, what we need most of all is regathering love. Jesus taught in John 13, verses 34 through 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. By this, all will know. Your love for one another is the mark by which the world will know that we belong to Christ. If we have love for one another, that is how the world will know that we belong to Christ. 
It's said of the Apostle John that he lived to an extremely old age in his later years. His disciples would carry him into gatherings of the church, and John could only muster his voice to speak just a very few words. And during these gatherings, he said nothing except little children love one another. And the disciples in attendance grew annoyed because he kept saying the same thing over and over again. And finally they said, Teacher, why do you always say this? And he said, Because it is the Lord's commandment, and if it alone is kept, it is sufficient. Love one another. This is the Lord's command to the church, and it is sufficient. You know, of the 59 or so love one another commands that we find in the New Testament, about one-third of them are love one another. Love one another is the melody against which all the other commands are a harmony. It is the truth against which every other command is measured. It is the root from which every other one another command grows. Love one another summarizes and contains every other one another command of Scripture. This is what the Apostle Paul taught in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love one another is the first and the summary of all the other commands. All the other commands find their fulfillment and their completion in the command to love one another. But friends, what does love mean in this time of regathering? In a time that's filled with tension and disagreement and disappointments and frustration. What does regathering love actually look like? Because, you see, we use this word love loosely, and we use it frequently these days. I love ice cream. I love my wife. I love New York. I love my church family. I love running. I love God. I want to love my neighbor. But the word love does not mean the same thing in every one of those statements. I do not love my wife the same way I love ice cream or the same way I love running. They're the same way I love God. So when we, Christ's church, talk about loving one another in this time of regathering, what should it look like? Well, to help us think about this, I want to tell you about an article I read this week, and it was an article about two I Love New York mugs, as you see on your screen. The first mug was purchased by someone on vacation in New York City. It was a souvenir. I Love New York. It basically translated to, when I went to New York City, I found it was very lovable. I enjoyed it, and I'm a fan, and I'll go back if I can. But the second I Love New York mug was purchased by a surgical nurse from Minnesota. Now, because of COVID-19, elective surgeries had been put on hold, and so she was getting paid, but she really wasn't doing much work at her hospital. And at the height of, the New, York, of New York City's COVID-19 troubles, she learned that a field hospital had been opened up by Samaritan's Purse in Central Park, and this hospital needed medical volunteers. And so when this nurse asked her boss if she could spend a couple of weeks helping out in New York City and then return to her job when she was needed, the answer was no. No. So this woman, woman chose to go to New York City anyway for no pay instead of continuing not to work and to get paid. She sacrificed a paycheck, 
her security, her safety, her convenience, and her time. And while in New York City, she worked for a couple of 12-hour shifts a couple of weeks straight. And though most people appreciated all the work, there were also protests during that time because of the biblical beliefs about human sexuality held by Samaritan's purse leadership. So after a couple of weeks when the crisis finally abated, the field hospital closed and this nurse could finally go home. However, before this nurse left, she bought an I Love New York mug and returned home without a job to go home to now. I Love New York. The mugs said exactly the same thing. But friends, do you think the mugs meant the same thing to the tourists as to the nurse? You know, when you say, I love my church family, what do you mean? Are you just a tourist? I love to experience the exciting aspects of our church family. I love the lovable members of our church family. I love my church family when they're agreeable and when they agree with me. I love my church family. Or when you say, I love my church family, are you saying it like the nurse from Minnesota? The one who sacrificed her own salary and her job, the one who risked her own getting infection, the, the one who worked long hours without pay, the one who loved protesters and healed those who reviled Samaritan's purse being there. I love my church family. You see, love means very different things in those two cases. And friends, in this time of regathering, how are you loving? You know, we heard John the Apostle write in 1 John 3.16, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And did you notice that's 1 John 3.16? You know, you might remember the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, is about God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And 1 John 3.16 is about the love we're supposed to have for one another. You know, Jesus laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The love Jesus had for us and now the love we are to have for one another. And friends, we find in these verses that love is sacrifice. Church family, for whom did Jesus come and sacrifice himself? Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't come and sacrifice himself for the lovable, or the agreeable, or for the enjoyable. Not for people who were like him, who agreed with him, and appreciated and respected him. It says Jesus sacrificed himself for sinners, who earlier in Romans 5 were called God's enemies. Jesus sacrificed for the unlovable, for the disagreeable, for the unenjoyable, for his enemies. And the question is, in this time of regathering, will you and I do the same? You know, this last week, the church leadership put out a survey to our church family about the regathering process. And unsurprisingly, there is a deep and a passionate divide. And specifically, it seems right now to be along the lines of face coverings. Some people have abundantly made clear they won't even consider returning to gathered worship until the expectation that all that all people would wear face masks is no longer. 
very few have a genuine medical reason for not wearing a mask, and the majority have reasons that are philosophical, scientific, statistical, or theological. Some people just claim practically they don't want to wear masks because they're uncomfortable, they're awkward, and they make you look like a bandit. But others in the survey made abundantly clear that they are deeply offended by those who refuse to wear masks, and they find their actions unloving, disrespectful, and selfish. And so church family, in the midst of this confusing and divisive time, that's just the tip of a larger iceberg. As we slowly make our way back together, how do we practice regathering love towards one another, towards people who are, to us right now, quite unlovable, disagreeable, and unenjoyable? towards people whom we believe are disrespecting and disregarding us and our well-being? How do we love people who we believe are being self-righteous and unnecessarily wearing masks or judging us for not adhering to their legalistic standard? You know, practically, what does it look like for us in this time and these deeply divided opinions to say, not just I love New York, but I love New York. Not just I love my church family, but I love my church family. And to show regathering love to my church family in this time. You know, I'll tell you one thing that we cannot do. One thing that we cannot do during this time, church, is give up on one another. You know, I read an article on the Gospel Coalition website titled, Avoiding Difficult People is Not Christ-Like Love. You hear that one? Avoiding Difficult People is Not Christ-Like Love. And the article is just as uncomfortable as you might imagine it is. The author reminds us the Bible is full of unattractive commands, such as bear with one another in love, Ephesians 4.2. Look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others, Philippians 2.4. And love bears all things, 1 Corinthians 13.7. And the author concludes this article saying, this cultural philosophy of avoiding difficult people has an underlying worldview that should alarm any Christian. Such ideas suggest that we should create circles of relationships until only one, the only ones are left are those that make us happy all the time. And not only is this unrealistic, church, it's unbiblical. Friends, we need one another, especially when we differ on difficult and divisive issues. We need to learn to love one another through difficult and divisive issues. We cannot give up on one another through difficult and divisive issues. Now, I'm not in a position to judge anyone's heart or motivations, and I should remind you that neither are you. We're not in a position to judge anyone else's heart and motivations. And many approach these issues from both sides and with hearts that are genuine. And whatever the issue is, specifically we're talking today, it looks like about face masks, every one of us should probably ask, Am I giving up on loving my brother and my sister a little too quickly? Yeah, it's nice what you're all trying to do, but I'm done with trying to figure out how to love you until you're all done with what appears to me to be fearful and irrational mask wearing. You're not worth sacrificing my own personal comfort to protect your emotional well-being or physical health. You know, on the other side, I've heard the prideful, self-righteous condemnation of those who don't practice mask wearing as religiously as they do. Some people are refusing to consider that maybe others are not wearing masks because they're not unloving, but based upon the statistical data for Knox County and the surrounding counties, maybe based upon the scientific data of the actual dangers that COVID-19 has to non-vulnerable populations, 
maybe based on the practical considerations that the goal was never to prevent all virus spread because that's impossible, but to just flatten the curve that our healthcare system could prepare and not be overwhelmed and that maybe greater precautions that have been prescribed are not actually necessary or practical to help keep us safe. You know, every one of us in the end could be challenged. Am I giving up on love too easily? Am I failing to listen and truly understand the other person with whom I disagree? Am I giving up on the other person with whom I disagree too quickly? Am I mischaracterizing him or her immediately? Am I refusing to sacrifice when I really should, laying down my rights, or maybe laying down my self-righteousness, so that I could be with that other person? Because friends, our unity, our love, is that important. You know, there are many populations who appropriately will not be back with us anytime soon. But are you choosing to walk away and to avoid others because of your disagreement? Because of your unwillingness to sacrifice? Because of a failure to love? Friends, there are some of you that just need to put on a mask. And there are some of you that just need to stop judging those that don't put on a mask. And there is for all of us the need to practice better regathering love. It's going to require sacrifice of all of us. It's going to be uncomfortable for all of us. But is he worth it? Is she worth it? Do you love them enough not to give up on them, but to give up for them? Did you hear that? Do you love them enough not to give up on them, but to give up for them. Chestnut Street Baptist, is I Love My Church Family going to be for you just a souvenir mug, or is it going to be a sacrifice that you make? Little children, let us not love with word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to love one another. Masks is one issue, and in the grand scheme of things, we're going to look back and I think we'll be a little embarrassed at how we treated one another in this time. Show us how to love one another in our disagreement, because this is just one disagreement amongst many. And Father, how we treat one another and how we love one another is most important in this time. Show us where we need to sacrifice Show us where we have been wrong. Humble us, Father, that we might better love our brothers and our sisters so that we together, unified, might bring you glory and honor and praise in and through your church now and forevermore. We ask this all in the powerful and the unifying name of Jesus Christ. Amen.